Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may lift you up at the right time. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our consideration this morning are the words of King Solomon in our first lesson, Proverbs chapter 25. These, let's just read these brief verses again. Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence and do not claim a place among great men. It is better for him to say to you, come up here, and for him to humiliate you before a nobleman. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of our King of Kings fellow subjects. This past uh, year, earlier in the year, uh, England's Queen Elizabeth celebrated what was called her Platinum Jubilee. You probably heard something about it. It was a celebration of the first time in British history that a monarch has reigned for 70 years. So there was a lot of galas and festivals and, and public appearances by the queen. Lots of people, lots of heads of state and other important people got a chance to, to meet her, many for the first time. They had an audience with the queen. But before they would come into the presence of the queen, they were given a lengthy list of do's and don'ts. Things you must not ever do in the queen's presence and things you must make sure you're doing. So that list included things like don't speak to her until she speaks first to you. If you are a man, you bow your head before her. If you're a woman, you curtsy. Don't ever turn your back on the queen. Don't take a selfie with her maybe the most important thing, don't ever, ever, ever touch the queen. If she extends her hand to you, go ahead and shake it, but that's it. There's a whole bunch of other things that are included in royal protocol, like you address her as your majesty the first time. If you talk to her again, you say ma'am. In our first lesson this morning, we also have a list of what to do, how to act in the presence of a monarch. It's not some kind of a etiquette expert that's telling us these things. It was a, an actual king, King Solomon. His list is a lot shorter than the list of what you got to do or what you must not do if you're in the presence of British royalty. But still, we might be thinking to ourselves, the odds of me coming into the presence of royalty, in the presence of a king or a queen, are slim to nothing. So I'm not sure that these words have a lot of practical value for me personally or for us today. Well, if that's what we're thinking, we're wrong. Completely wrong. Not only... Is there a possibility you might come into the presence of a king? Actually, you have, and in fact, you are in the presence of a king. In the beginning of our worship service, after our first hymn, among the very first words we heard were, we have come into the presence of God. We're here in his house, the house of the king of kings, 
And it isn't just on Sunday mornings when we're in this building or some other church that we are in the presence of the King. Really, He fills the universe. He is everywhere. He sees all. He knows all. We're never really not in the presence of the King. So we would do well to listen to the words of King Solomon this morning telling us how to act in the presence of the king. His list is short and it really comes down basically to this. Be humble. Humble yourself in the presence of the king. To humble yourself in the presence of the queen of England, you you bow your head, you curtsy. In ancient times, if you really wanted to humble yourself in the presence of royalty, you would prostrate yourself, which basically means you'd fall flat on your face on the floor in front of the king. That is a total opposite from what we hear about, what King Solomon warns us against, and what Jesus speaks of in our gospel this morning, exalting yourself, making yourself look big and important in front of the king. How foolish that would be, wouldn't it? To, to try to puff yourself up and act like you're some big shot in front of an earthly king is foolish. How much more foolish it is to do that in front of the king of kings, our God. Who would do that? You know what? You know who? Me and you. That's who. We exalt ourselves in the presence of the king when we look down on others. When we put others down. Doing so is basically trying to puff ourselves up in the presence of the king. We exalt ourselves in the presence of the king when we act as if he owes us something. And maybe we think to ourselves, well, I would never do that. I would never like come to God in prayer and say, God, here's what I deserve from you and give him this long list of things that he owes us. We, we wouldn't do that, right? But we do virtually the same thing when we experience difficulties, challenges, sorrow, pain in our lives, and we get mad at God. And we think to ourselves and maybe even say to him, I deserve better than that. That's exalting ourselves in the presence of the king. We exalt ourselves in the presence of the king when we demand to do things our way instead of humbling ourselves and following his way that he lays out clearly in his law. And we do that all the time. For instance, we know that it's wrong and sinful to, to gossip, to speak badly about other people and put them down with our words. But if we find ourselves falling into that, we're telling God, I know better. My way is better than your way. Or any other sin. It's sexual sins. If we say, um, I know, God, in your word, you want me to live a pure and decent life in words and actions, but yet we find ourselves with sinning sexually in our minds, on our computer screens, with our bodies. Again, that's telling God, my way, not your way. 
How foolish that is. Instead, humble yourself. You see, those who, who, who exalt themselves in the presence of the king, those who, who say ultimately it's my way, not your way, God, those who say it's, it's what I have done and reject what he does for us, ultimately, as Solomon and Jesus both make it clear to us in our God's word this morning, say we will end up being humiliated. Jesus, in that parable that he told in our gospel, said you'll be sent to the lowest place. In reality, when it comes to our relationship with God, and we demand our way and try to put ourselves forward instead of what God has done for us, ultimately, that person finds himself in the lowest place, namely, cut off from him forever in his kingdom of heaven and banished to an eternity away from him in hell. So how should we act in the presence of the king? Humbly, humbly. In the presence of, of earthly royalty, in the presence of the queen, you, you, you humble yourself with body language, with your posture of bowing or curtsying that, that shows humbleness, humility in the presence of, of greatness. But God isn't so much interested in our, in our body language, in our posture. Humbling yourself in the presence of the king of kings is something that takes place inside. And it's called repentance. Humble repentance, rather than demanding our way or putting ourselves forward or pushing others down, humble repentance takes responsibility, acknowledges our sin, and turns to God for forgiveness. You know, humble repentance, I think, is something that has really gone out of style. Instead of recognizing sin in ourselves and being humble in repenting of it, we're told to accept it in others and in ourselves, even be proud of it or make excuses for it. My friends, that's no way to act in the presence of the king. Humble yourself in repentance. And, and not just the act of as we together, corporately together, repent and confess our sins like we do each week in worship, don't just wait for Sunday morning. Repentance is something in our hearts 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Humble yourself before the king. But that doesn't mean that, that the humble, repentant child of God goes around constantly with head hung low, tears running down our cheeks, frequently beating our breast. Nope. Notice what Solomon says. He not only speaks of those who exalt themselves being humbled in the presence of the king, he speaks of those who humble themselves in the presence of the king being exalted. He says that the king will say to those who approach him humbly, come up here. Jesus says the same thing. He says, friend, move up to a better place. And that's exactly what our king does when we approach him with humble and repentant hearts. We heard it this morning, like we do virtually every Sunday when we confess our sins. We said, 
Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. We said, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. And here's what the king says to us. Come up to a better place. We heard, God our heavenly father has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. Look at what God does for us. As we approach him with humble and penitent hearts, he says, friend, come up here. He lifts us up in forgiveness. He completely changes our status. Instead of being his enemies, those who have sinned against him, he says, you're not just my friends, you're my children. Come on up, take your place in my family. Take your place in my kingdom. Sin is not just a, a, a faux pas, you know, kind of a little breach of etiquette. It is an affront, an abomination to the king of kings. But look what he does as we approach him with humble and penitent hearts. He lifts us up in forgiveness. And that means it changes the way we act toward other people. We who recognize our own sins and humbly repent of them and also embrace the forgiveness that our king gives to us and lifts us up, that now enables us to lift others up instead of pushing them down, lifting them up with our words and our actions, lifting them up by pointing them to our merciful king. Our king lifts us up when he forgives us, but ultimately, he's going to lift us up all the way up on the day that he calls us home from this world. He'll say to us, friend, come up to a better place, to a perfect place. Come up to be with me. Come up to these mansions that I've prepared for you. Come up and be in my royal presence with my people forever. You remember that, that big rule about what to do or what not to do in the presence of the Queen of England? Don't touch her. Shake her hand maybe if she extends it, and that's it. Don't touch her. About 10 or 12 years ago, um, then First Lady of the United States, Michelle Obama, caused a little bit of a stir when she was in the presence of the Queen. Either somebody forgot to tell her that or she forgot all about it, but she gave the Queen a quick little hug. When we ultimately will come into the presence of our King, into his visible presence in heaven, guess what? That protocol, don't touch, will not be in place. When we get there, he will welcome us with open arms. And I don't know about you, but I am planning to give him a big hug. Amen.